and welcome to another episode of the Purple Splash. I'm very excited with uh, with our guest of the day, uh, Thin Sheehy. Um, welcome, Thin. How are you today? I'm good, Inez. How are you? Also great. Thanks for joining us. Um, Thin, so um, you're American, right? But you moved to Portugal. I did. Yeah. Um, how long have you been here and uh, has been the experience? So we moved here in October of 2018, about three and a half years ago. Um, we started in Braga. So we started up north. Uh, we were there for about two, two and a half years. Uh, and then it's near my uh, city, actually. I'm from Barcelos. I'm from oh, Barcelos, which is okay. very close to Braga. It, yes, it is. It is. It is. Um, so we were there for about two and a half years, and uh, about a year ago or so, we kind of decided we wanted a little more sun, a little more of the ocean, um, just a sort of different experience. Um, so we thought we would try here in the mid-country um, along the coast. Um, we already knew we kind of didn't want to be in the Algarve, so this was this was kind of the next blessed place and still close enough to all of our friends in Braga. Cool. Uh, so I'll get back to, to your uh, new country experience in a minute. Um, but do you want to tell us a little bit more uh, about what, who are you and uh, what do you do here at TalkDesk? Sure. Um, so I am currently here at TalkDesk. I'm here as uh, I'm working for Ccash and I'm one of the IT directors working It's what's called, we call it Agile Operations. Um, so I have the team of the Agile coaches here in uh, Ccash. Plus I have another guy, Joao Alpwing, who is our operations data analyst. So he's our, our, our guru related to dashboards and metrics and Jira queries and pulling them all into some really cool dashboards in Google Data Studio. Great. Um, so, okay, how, how, how are you feeling this Portuguese working environment? Um, what are the major differences that um, you feel from the U.S. to here in Portugal? Mm. Uh, well, in general, the, the really wonderful thing is the day starts a little later. Um, so <laughs> as, you, as you well know, we, we generally start around nine-ish or so, which for the U.S. would be considered way too late. Um, what time do you start there? Uh, well, I've had jobs where I started at 7.30 in the morning. I've had jobs where I started around eight. I've had a few jobs where I could wander in at about a quarter after eight, but even that felt pretty luxurious. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's different. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, but you, you haven't, um, the, the whole office thing, you know, since we're remote it may be slightly different. Yeah. 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 So most of my career, of course, was was in an office with, you know, lots of people, sometimes big offices, sometimes smaller ones. Um, but I did actually have um, a couple of roles in the past where I worked from home. Uh, one of them, I think the first one was in like 2013 or so. I worked for a healthcare company that was in Nashville, Tennessee, but I was living in St. Louis. Um, so I worked from home for, for them for four years and I would about once a month, sometimes once every two or three months, I would drive to Nashville, which was about four or five hours away. Um, so it wasn't my first, um, time at home, uh, working from home. And I, 
I tend to really like it. Um, so I like this. I like the energy of being in the office. And even before, shortly before COVID 2019, the summer of 2019, I had a job where I was actually working from Lisbon, working in Lisbon in an office. So I would travel on Sundays. I'd travel on the train from Braga down to Lisbon. I'd stay in Lisbon through the week and then go home on the weekends. Um, and That's it's good energy, different. but. It, it, yeah. it is the, the, the size of the country, right? Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I, I can't even imagine ever thinking about doing that kind of thing in the U.S. Um, <laughs> but there are people who do it. There's people who commute every week to another city for their for their work. It just it just wasn't my it wasn't my history. Yeah, that's true. Um, what what do you think? What are the main things that uh, you like more about Portugal? Is it the food? I think the the primary things I like about Portugal are have to do with this work life balance. It it's just you know in the U.S. it is very much you live to work. You 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 get up in the morning, you go to work, you you barely take a lunch. If you get to take a lunch, that's also a very Portuguese experience is to yeah. take your lunch, right? <laughs> Um, we most often don't take a lunch or it's, you eat at the desk or, you know, it's just sort of a, a crazy experience. And then you work, um, fairly long hours and, and you hope you get recognized. It's just a very, life is very focused on work and what you do and much less about having balance. And you almost have to, um, you have to work very, very hard to maintain any sort of a life balance in the U.S. It's just a, it's just a very much more crazy existence that way. So, so Portugal is very nice that way. It's much more, I find it much, much more balanced. Um, the food is, it's uh, for me, it's kind of okay. I'm probably going to get some bad hate mail, um, but I'm not super, <laughs> I'm not super in love with all of the Portuguese foods. Um <laughs> But but the good thing is I generally like lots and lots of different ethnic foods, different flavors, okay. different spices and stuff. And so Portuguese is just sort of one of the mix of the life that yeah. we lead, right? So that's cool. Um, so okay, let's let's focus more on the life side and less on the work. Uh, I noticed you're really into painting, right? I am. I am now. I started uh, going to some once a month painting classes when I lived in Phoenix and found I really, really liked it. It was very de-stressing. Um, and at least in that case, this was all pre-COVID, of course. It was a very social experience. So come for a couple hours on a weeknight, bring a glass of wine, paint a beautiful painting and, and you know, go home. Um, and I really liked it. So then when COVID hit, um, I didn't have a very big contract to work. Um, I didn't. I didn't work every day, and I didn't work full time. So I I found my way to the paint shop in Braga and uh, found my brushes and my paints and started. Um, I couldn't, of course, go to a class anymore because we COVID had hit. So I found YouTube channels and uh, started painting with uh, several different teachers through YouTube videos and and got the same kind of enjoyment the it was a something to learn it was a creative outlet it was I, I like color I like lots of color and I I like to learn so I would try with different teachers learning different techniques and produced some decent stuff through the course of the year 
Um, and then, and, you know, and then I went back to work full time. And so painting sort of became a secondary thing, but it's still there. So it's, it's, it's still there. Maybe someday I'll do much more of it. Yes, hopefully. Um, and is it possible to learn? I'm asking because I have like this trauma, like at school teachers would say that I sucked at painting and drawing and all that artistic stuff that kids usually love to do. Mm. Um, so I, I never, I really never tried, you know, because, well, I, I, I'm bad. Like I look like a four-year-old <laughs> trying to draw anything. Um, but what's the process? Like, did you have any previous experience, uh, even if, you know, more amateur, uh, or, uh, the, <laughs> the only prior painting experience I had was I was about, I must've been about 25 or so. And I, took a, a six week evening class learning watercolor and I did so badly. I took the whole <laughs> class again. <laughs> so, and that was the end of my painting for, for, I don't know, 20 or 30 years. So, um, so I would say, no, I had no really, you know, really good uh, experience. I wasn't a painter in high school. I didn't take painting classes, anything like that. I was kind of the science and math girl. Um, so this is a, this is definitely sort of outside of my comfort zone. In some ways it de-stresses me and in some ways it frustrates me because there's many <laughs> times where the paintbrush does not produce on the paper exactly what's in my head. Um, but that's sort of part of the, that's part of the experience. It's part of the process of sort of learning to accept who you are and what you're possi what's possible and then learning from others. So I would say, don't let anyone tell you you can't draw, because first of all, drawing and painting aren't the same thing. Um, Sorry. See, that's why I suck. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. You don't suck. Um, you, the And you're learning techniques, right? So it you, it's it's part of a, in some ways, it's a lot about agile living, right? It's a, it's a something you practice in order to see how it works, to learn what you can do, and then you try again. I have paintings I've painted twice just because the first, the first round was so horrible. <laughs> I tore it up, threw it away, did it again. So, okay. Yeah. So do, do you integrate like all those agile principles into your uh, daily living? Uh, because you're, you're also a life coach, right? Um, I, yeah. In what way do you, I don't know, you, you tr take advantage of, uh, of some of, uh, of the knowledge uh, from agile to it? How does it work? Yeah. So yes, the, one of the things I did during the 2020 COVID lockdown was I also cross-trained to be a life coach, not just an agile coach. Um, but I do find that this, this concept or this approach of life to, to uh, the, the approach to life of being agile is actually quite helpful and quite de-stressing. So the, the things that sort of cross over are, first of all, um, agile is really about individuals and interactions. So it's a lot about the human experience and relationships and the conversations we have. Um, it's a lot about trying small things, seeing how they play out, and then learning what you can learn from what worked and what maybe wasn't quite so great, and then try again. So it's about learning and adapting. Uh, and it's, it's, um, so it's about the people side. It's also about this sort of democratic process of of humans working together to create something amazing, more than any one of us could create on our own. Um, and more than is 
a predictable output. It's this sort of creative process of, of humans working together, and there's sort of this unpredictability of exactly what's going to come out, um, and, and you get good surprises. So. Yeah. And, and that's really similar to what happens in life, right? What, what would you say are like the major learnings um, that, you know, you can share with us regarding life coaching, which, by the way, um, how, how does it differ from like a, a, a psychology session or something like that? Okay, so first, first things first, um, life coaches are not psychologists, nor are they yeah. psychiatrists, right? Um, it's, in most cases, let's say, psychologists will start with someone who's in a, oof, I'm going to use the wrong phrases, someone who's in sort of a negative state, right? They're, they're okay. something's hurting or, right, they're trying, the psychologist is quite often trying to bring this person back to being whole, Mm -hmm. Life coaches don't don't take on people who really ought to go see psychologists, right? We start okay. with people as whole people, and we're trying to help people sort of reach their vision, reach their their potential, and sort of grow into something more. Um, and we're here to be sort of a nudge, right? How do we sort of help you see what you maybe aren't seeing at the moment, but but it's in there, right? It's all inside of you. So that's kind of how it's different and, and what the focus of a life coach is. And now I forgot the first part of your question. Uh, it was the, the key learnings that you could share. Uh, well, um, like one key learning is um, as smart as I might think I am, the learning of Portuguese language is insanely <laughs> difficult, right? <laughs> and, um, and it's one of those things you just, you have to be willing to sort of speak and fail and be corrected. And, you know, all of you that, that learned English when you were maybe three or five or eight years old, yeah, it's, it, it's so much easier when your brain is young. Um, but it is a really difficult language. Yes. And there's something else, like we're exposed to English, like all our lives, you know, with music and movies and, uh, and TV shows. So I, I can't imagine, well, I can, uh, but I try to imagine how hard it must be, you know, without listening and hearing the language so often, yeah. it must be crazy. And Portuguese grammar is quite complex, which, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, in, in English, like, I think that for us, it, it's easier because um, the sentences and the structures are kind of more simpler. Um, if you go to proficiency levels and stuff, you know, English gets really confusing too and hard. Um, but, you know, for a, a basic um, understanding of the language, I think it, it must be. No, I don't think I know that it, it's very, very um, easier. It's much easier for, for us, of course. Yeah. Um, but uh, how long have you been have you been learning Portuguese? Well, so the first time I started learning was actually I was still in the U.S., but I was working as a project manager for a healthcare company that had a fairly large team in in Brazil, in Sao Paulo. Okay. So I actually started learning Portuguese in 2014, 15, somewhere in there. Um, and of course, it was all Brazilian, but we would be yeah. on... I would be on a remote calls with the, the team in Brazil for a couple hours at a time and trying to learn to sort of discern 
you know, they sounded angry. <laughs> really? <laughs> they're, they're, they're very passionate speakers, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and sometimes I didn't have video. Sometimes all I had was audio. <laughs> so, uh, so I wanted to try to understand what was going on in the conversation. And, and I would have teammates in the U.S. sending me Slack messages like, are they, are they mad? Can, wait, what, what can you tell? <laughs> so anyway, I started back then. And, and then when we moved here three and a half years ago, then I started again. So. So should we have this conversation in Portuguese? No. I <laughs> <laughs> <Good> to know. <laughs> we'll, we'll have like next time you join us, I'm sure that, you know, we'll be speaking in, in Portuguese. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Yeah. Um, speaking of next time you join us, you're planning to retire, right? What, oh are, what are the plans for the greatest time of life? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they call it the third phase, right? Um, or the third wave, something like that. Um, yes, I am. I'm looking forward to my retirement. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I have worked for corporate. I, I used to say corporate America and I'm working for corporate Portugal. I've worked for corporate, a corporate environment for most of my career. And this is year 41. So um, I am looking forward to some personal projects that might include life coaching, career, life, career coaching, professional coaching, things like that. Um, I'm also looking forward to painting. I'm looking forward to gardening. Um, and then I'm, just sort of waiting to see there maybe there will be a, a volunteer kind of project um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of retirees here around where I live that um, have projects that uh, work at uh, cleaning the beach uh, or they work at the animal shelters things like that so there is a long list of options um, I, I you know I know when my, my when my mother retired she always said she was busier after retirement than she was when yeah, she worked. Yeah, I know. My grandma is the same. Like she wakes up at six and uh, she gets to bed at 1 a.m. Um, and she doesn't stop. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like she sits down for, I don't know, half an hour to watch some show on TV at night and that's it. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's I'm going also, to be busy, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm also hoping to do a bit more hiking. I, you know, my my husband hiked a little bit of the um, the Camino de Santiago, uh, Santiago mm -hmm. de Compostela, and yeah. there's a version of that. Some friends of mine uh, last week they took two weeks or three weeks to hike the similar Camino across the Algarve. Cool. Um, so there's there's some physical fitness kinds of options that are out there. It should be very, yeah. it should be a nice change of pace, I think. I am sure. I am sure. I'm, I envy you right now. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Okay. So my last question, and, um, you know, we, we can find you potential uh, life coach people. Uh, who can apply or who, who needs a life coach? Mm. Well, the person, the person that you find that, um, that wants a life coach most often is someone who is looking for a change there. Um, I have a friend of mine in the U S that I'm, um, coaching mostly from a career change, but 
but what you find is it's often not really just a career change, right? Yeah. Um, she's she's um, looking for a change of life. She's looking for a, not just a new job, but actually a new job in a whole new industry and, and new energy. And so I'm, I'm sort of there as a cheerleader, right? Just to say, hey, okay. what if we think about things this way? What if we think about things that way? And to, to help her paint and find her own future. Um, there was another woman I coached um, several years ago who had moved from a city very far away and um, she had, uh, her kids were kind of estranged. Her husband had, had died and she just was sort of floating without a, without a purpose in life. Uh, and we spent about a year together actually. And um, just to sort of paint a new picture for her, paint a new future for her. And, and it's really wonderful to see where she's gone. Different people come from different backgrounds and, they're, but they're usually the person has to be really open to thinking and and moving in new directions. You can't force life coaching on anybody. So yeah, it's humans helping humans, right? Exactly. Exactly. Good. Yep. Good. Ian, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, if anyone needs a life coach or a coach, uh, please reach out that I'm sure that thing will help you so much. And thank you um, for joining and um, have a great day. Thanks, Nish. Bye-bye.